0: I'm Christopher Lydon for Open Source. The anniversary of John Coltrane's death 50 years ago this summer prompts us to rebroadcast our conversation with the fiery poet and black music critic Amiri Baraka, discussing the life and death of his inspiration, Train. Baraka himself passed away seven years after we recorded this piece of a memoir in 2007. Back in 1957 Baraka was known still as a writer by the name Leroy Jones. He chanced to be living near the Bowery in Manhattan over the Five Spot Club where John Coltrane had a formative five-month gig with Thelonious Monk. This was early lyrical Coltrane at the dawn of the Civil Rights era. Through an explosive ten-year development with an historic quartet, Coltrane remained for Baraka and for many others perhaps the highest representation in our time of black art with social traction. Amir Baraka, you wrote, Train was our flag. We could feel what he was doing. After Monk, he'd play chorus after chorus, taking the music apart before our ears. And we heard our own search and travails, our own reaching for a new direction.
1: Call back the spirit of the moment when you, when you wrote that. You have to remember the time it was, you know, uh, just getting ready to the 60s to burst. I always thought that uh, giant steps like was the, the kind of, uh, you know, opening up of that. difference between say the civil rights movement and then say the, the coming of Malcolm X 1960 that first appearance on national television you know it was like an opening there were ideas in that that uh, were not current before that and the same like train train uh, people would say Train's going through changes that he'd got away from the, the purely chordal kind of relationship to the music and began then to see a more freer kind of approach to it see Artists reflect what was going on in the world. You know, Mao Zedong says what? Art is an ideological ref- reflection of the world in the mind of the artist. So, trained in at the beginning of the 60s, reflecting all of these changes. He not only dealt with those modes, but he was now trying to think about a, a more Eastern way of approaching music. And in that time, that suggested something to, to a generation of us that, you know, to get away from the Western concepts, to get to the Eastern thing, to break out of the whole ten Pan alley, alley penitentiary and try to go, uh, you know, open your mind to music in a different way. And it's just like people opening their minds to how to approach living in this world in a repressive situation. <laughs> I was there when uh, Train first came to play with Monk. The first night, even. I used to live above the Fosse. I
0: heard
1: he played four or five months there, I think. Yeah. I, well, I was there. 1957. Most of those ni- yeah, most of those nights I was there. He, mm. he really didn't know those tunes, you see. Trained did, and so in the beginning he was sort of, you know, fumbling around, and he would play solos, but he couldn't play the heads like Monk said he didn't know the arrangements. But then you know, Train told a story about how he went up there at Monk's house. Monk didn't say anything to him, but he'd sit down at the piano and play the tunes over and over and over and over. And so I watched that evolution. And finally, when 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 Train had got the arrangements all together, then Monk would leap out of the out of the piano chair and start dancing. You know, that's why I said you know Monk invented the break dance because at that point. He was off the off the piano, you know, and uh, he wouldn't come back until Train finished. That was it was a wonderful, wonderful experience, you know. People refer to it as the kind of education of John Coltrane. It was, it was because Train was used to you know the whole uh, kind of Milesian thing, you know, playing with Miles, and he came out of that, and he was searching at that point, you know, because he had had uh, kind of bout with drugs and so forth, and uh, I think he was just looking for a new direction, you know, because Train could always play, and those early, I mean, you know, the blues—he's still wonderful, even from his early stuff. But then, you know, Miles said he taught Train all all those things about, you know, modes and so forth. But it seemed that what the Monk thing did was um, release Train, you know, give him. Uh, a feeling that he could do a lot of things that he hadn't tried before you know at least not tried publicly
0: Mary Baraka how do you think all that resonates
1: with audiences today? Well first of all as one of the musicians we were uh, discussing first Trane's melodies are beautiful no matter what Else is going on under the harmonies and different things. In the moves. Those, those melodies are so beautiful that you know the youth, if they can appreciate a good melody,
0: Lazy Bird, absolutely. Moments notice, yeah, giant steps. That's all right. Of them.
1: They'd be drawn to that immediately, you know. Uh, but then it takes a while to maybe develop a deeper kind of appreciation of that. But you mean it's not as mysterious as as we can make it? Not really. Because it's talking about uh, emotions that we have. You know what I mean? somebody That's one of the things I, I learned when I first heard bebop. You see, is that, it, as I said, it made me think of things I never thought of before. You know, when I heard Charlie Parker in 19, what, 50? You know, it was, you know, what is that? You know? Uh, so, it touches emotions that we have, but, perhaps have not delved into before, you know, and that's what it is.
0: What are the things we feel listening to the great culture?
1: Well, the things are, it is is the opening up of the depth of your feelings. That's what it is, you know, because most of us live at the very surface of our feelings about things, you know. We're in motion, we go to work, we come back, we go shopping, you know, we do this, we do that. But the idea of having to to, to something provoke the thoughtfulness in us, you know what I mean. It's what it is to something to make us uh, reflect on things. So is is what it is, you know. Like when you hear something like Lonnie's Lament with that, with that kind of deep, you know, a kind of kind of tragic, hmm. you know. I knew the Lonnie he talked about too, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> who was a composer, you know a young man who, uh, I don't know how well he could handle the fame, but um, that song has, has got a kind of a, a depth of tragedy to it. It's like something that makes you feel, well, what, is, what kind of feeling is that? You know, what 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 does that make me think? You know what I mean? And and those are the, that's what, well, that's what art does, but train particularly with those fantastic melodies and then you know the way he uses harmonies you you begin to really feel that you want to know more about yourself
0: John Coltrane into his search for not just brotherhood and prayer, but for God?
1: Well, see, that's different with me. See, I believe in goodness, not God, but I can correlate people who are looking for God because I think that they're looking for some kind of pure revelation of goodness, you know. Uh, But I say that all the time. I I can deal with goodness because I think that's what God is supposed to presage, you know, this is what God is supposed to represent goodness, you know, and the search for God, it, to me, is a search for goodness, you know, uh, for instance, John Coltrane, if you ever met John Coltrane, you have never never met anyone as soft-spoken and humble, even though you could hear that music, and could even be screaming and hollering and crying in the music, mm. but the person was such a general personality. You know, very general personality, very soft-spoken personality. And I know certainly trained coming from the depths of that, uh, you know, drug kind of uh, addiction, and then the alcohol, he's looking to cleanse himself then at that moment, you know.
0: What has John Coltrane's influence been on Amiri Baraka's poetry? the sound of it, the intent of
1: it, the language of it? Well, very much so. I mean, those, sometimes I try to do the things that, you know, uh, Train did with his horn, you know, his poem I have called, I love music, I actually do duets with the saxophone to try to do the same things that he did on that horn with my own mouth, you know, and it's it's very interesting to me. Uh, I don't know how it sounds to people, but it's interesting to me. You know, do you hear the sound of it? Well, like you know, the stuff that he does with the horn, and it's uh, it has to come from human sound in the first place. You know, mm-hmm. what the horn does is give it some kind of a technical, you know, elaboration. Train said in the poem. I I, I quote him. In the beginning of this poem says, "I want to be a force for real good." I know that there are bad forces, evil forces in the world, but I want to be a force for real good.
0: 40 years later, I'm Mary Baraka. What does this still vital John Coltrane say about your own black arts movement?
1: Well, I produced a record called New Wave in Jazz, which was a benefit for the black arts. Train, he thought that what we were doing was worthwhile. Fundamentally, what we were trying to do before we Began to uh, disguise what we were doing in 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 these kind of very militant sounding phrases. What we were trying to do is bring the most advanced art that the Afro-American people had produced, which we thought we were producing, to that community. You know, and uh, it just shows you that in the midst of that kind of uh, general militance, that that idea is still an idea that's important. You know that. Uh, to bring, you know, I mean, I brought Sun Ra and John Coltrane and Albert Island into the Harlem ghettos, you know, and into Newark ghettos because I thought that those ideas, like I said, made me think of things that I never thought of before, and I thought that's what our community needs. I think the whole of America needs to hear things to make them stop thinking at the level of George Bush, you know what I mean, and think at the level of John Coltrane. To me, that's a, would be an important transformation. <laughs>
0: How late can you go with Train? I mean, how do you go? Did you go to the end after McCoy Tyner left and Elvin Jones left?
1: Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I, it's, you have to uh, make your choices, obviously. But uh, Train started trying to find things that he didn't understand either. Remember, he was always searching, and that's what I always held out as uh, my own relationship to him. You know, he's searching and I'm searching to understand what he's doing, you know. And um, I just respected what he was doing so much that I, you know, always said, well, whatever it is, you know, he's going to come to it. You're talking about the latest stuff like Sonship and all those kind of things. I tell you, there's one piece of music, though, that's very hard for me to listen to. And that's the thing, the live concert that he did. At Old Atunji Center, you know, which was the last thing he did. Yes. Uh, there's so much pain in that, you know. There's so much pain in that. You have to be really prepared to, to listen to that because um, that's really just screaming. That's, I mean, him. That's trained screaming. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That pain. If you look at those photos of him in his last months, you know, holding his his uh, abdomen there where he's got that pain, you know. It's Mm. painful to listen to it, you know, but there's nothing you can do with it except listen to it. The ironic thing about that is that when I was locked up in 67 in the rebellion, that day I was humming all his tunes. Mm. I didn't know what was going on. I was just in the, in the and I was in solitary confinement. And I was going, you know, all the stuff that I know. Isn't that fast. And then by the late afternoon, a guy comes in, you know, a, a you know, jailer. And opens up the little hole, because I was in solitary. He says, your man, Coltrane, died today. God. Praise God. Oh, <laughs> and, he I and I said, what? I didn't know. I, I had no inkling, because I was off the street, you know. And mm. uh, and I was just humming this stuff, just humming, this, humming humming all of his music that I could think of, you know, one after another, after another, mm. after another. And I said, yeah, your man, mm. your man, Train died today. I said, oh, that's deep. And I was like stunned. You mm. know? Not only was I locked up, <laughs> but, but the idea that that had happened when I was locked up, that amazed me. Mm.
0: That was a conversation I recorded in 2007 with the poet and activist Amiri Baraka. He died in 2014. All honor to Mr. Baraka and to the legend John Coltrane. And thanks to you listeners for being part of the Open Source Podcast Project.